looked this up, I, I just thought I'd start off with a question. How many people here today, how many of you, uh, your status would be single? How many right, fall, fall into that kind of... Okay, look around, because that could change today, you know, I, you never, never know. You know, in, in single adulthood, I think what can happen in our lives, and I've seen this so many times, is, is people say, you know, I'm looking for the one. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the one. Or, uh, you know, you may put it this way, because you've watched so many movies, uh, he completes me. Or she completes me. And we've talked about that. That kind of infers that you are a half person going around the world today. And you need somebody else to make you a whole person. In which case, that is a dangerous, dangerous situation. But here's what I found that's better. A better question is, are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? Isn't that a better question? Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Because here, here's what I found. I can't control other people. Have you found that to be true in your life? How many parents here today? <laughs> I can't control other people completely. And, and so what I can do is control myself and what I can work on I can't it doesn't work so well when I try to work on other people but I can and God has enabled me to work on myself and all of us can do that and it's a matter of prioritizing what we're focused upon and the question that we're going to look at not just today but for the next few weeks is we're going to look at God's will for our lives. Uh, you know, what, how do I obtain God's guidance in my life? One of the most asked questions I have is, what do you think God wants me to do? What, Pastor, what, what do you think God wants me to do? And instead of looking at that question, we're going to look at what I believe is a better question than that. I believe that God wants us to look at something a little bit more controllable than that. But at the same time, we all know the power of decisions, do we not? That, that you are really today a culmination of the decisions you've made up to this point. I mean, what you've decided, what you've chosen has made you or, or not made you what you are today. You may have regrets in your life. As a matter of fact, some of your greatest regrets are tied into decisions you've made. Decisions you've made where you look back and you think, I shouldn't have called her back. I shouldn't have bought that car. I shouldn't have stepped into that lease. I shouldn't have gone to that party. 
I shouldn't have eaten that whole burrito. You know, we have decisions that we have to make in life, and they determine our future. And what I've heard recently is that the younger generation suffers from decision overload, that many younger people, the Netflix, Netflix generation, has so many options. You know, when I grew up, uh, we had like six channels that, that I thought was just amazing, that we had six channels on our television. And, uh, you know, nowadays, I don't know, I guess you could have 600 or something like that. And, and with all the movie options, it's just astronomical to think of all the movies, all the television shows from the past decades that you can access on demand and watch in your home. And as a result, many young people are paralyzed because it's like, well, how do I make the right choice? How do I make the right decision? And so therefore, what you can think is, I just won't make a decision. But to not make a decision is a bad decision. And so what happens is, is we, we come to the point where we're like, well, should I marry or not? Is he the right one? Is she the right one? You know, who, who is it? Where, where should I go to school? Should I take dance? Should I take piano? Should I go for a business education or medical? Should I have kids? Or should I snip, snip? Uh, what, what should I do? Because maybe we have too many already. <laughs> Just going to get real here today, all right? Can you handle that? God's guidance... Is, is something that I don't know. I, I just feel like, and maybe if you're, if you're kind of questioning whether there's a God or not, I, I think if you were to believe that there is a God, wouldn't you want him to help you make a decision? I, I mean, wouldn't you want, from his perspective, insight, guidance, direction on your next move? And, and so God, who knows the future, doesn't concern himself so much with telling us the future as much as instructing us for today. Isn't that interesting? That God wants to speak into today. And so when we're looking at this, what does God care about today? For right now. Because, you know, I can't totally control tomorrow. I can't totally control the people around me. So I, I can take control of me, though. And so what should I do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because we're going to answer it this morning. Here's what we need to do. We need to learn to prioritize some things. And God's will is for you and for me to prioritize some things that we normally don't drift into. And that is the who before the do. All right? Who before do. In other words, God is more concerned with who you are becoming than what you are doing. Let me illustrate this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, God's will is for you to be holy. 
So that covers everybody here today. If you say, well, Craig, what is God's will for me? I'll tell you what it is. God tells you what it is. It's for you and I to be holy. It's for us to have holiness in our lives. Now, what is it? It's a Greek word, agios. And what that means is to be set apart, to not go with the flow, to not go with the crowd, to be willing to go upstream, to be willing to stand out. In other words, to not go with the way the world around us may be going. I don't know about you, but I've looked around, and I don't want the average marriage. I don't want the average life. I don't want the, I don't want what Hollywood portrays to me. I don't want to go through five marriages and burn through all these millions of dollars trying to satisfy and bring me satisfaction to my life, and yet nothing seems to do it. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I mean, if you think money solves all your problems, just take a look at the people who have committed suicide who have been millionaires. It's crazy. And so Jesus steps into this situation and, and he never tells people God's will is for you to take this career. Did you know Jesus doesn't really speak to career, but he speaks to calling? To calling. A calling to be like him. Because he wants us to follow him. And in following him, it's more about what we're being than what we're doing. We ask, what does God want me to do? Does he want me to go to school? Does he want me to go to that school or that school? Does God want me to marry this person or to get away from them? God, does God have somebody else out there? What, what does God have for me? What does God want for me? What should I do? Instead, we should ask, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? And that leads to God's direction in our lives. Now, let me... Just kind of illustrate this personally today. Am I called to be a pastor? Would you say that? Would you say that's true? Okay, I was risking a lot there, wasn't I? I was, I was really risking a lot. But okay, thank you for affirming me so strongly here today. All five of you. Okay, so here's, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. That, that that calling that God has for me to do, to fulfill, is secondary in my life. That my primary calling is to be holy. Now, now think about it this way. What if I was known... As the greatest communicator, the greatest pastor, the greatest speaker in Hendricks County, but abused my wife. Would that be okay? No, absolutely not. Would it be okay if I was this incredible, incredible speaker and shared God's word with such clarity, but was a terrible father 
to my daughter. Would that be okay? Well, what if I was a, a, a very charismatic leader and people just wanted to follow me, but I never paid any of my bills on time? Would that be okay? No. Because God would rather me do anything else in life and be holy and be responsible and live a life that's a life of integrity than to pastor a church and live without integrity. Is that not true? See, the disciples came to Jesus one day, and this is found in Acts chapter 1, and they said, Lord, we want to know, we want to know, when are you coming back? Is it next Tuesday? (laughs) Or how about Thursday? Or, 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 you know, it's got to be in September, right? So many books have been written about that. You know, when is it going to be? And it's interesting what Jesus said. He said, it is not for you to know. It's not about what you know, but it is for you to be my witnesses. Do you see that? Jesus says, it's not as important to me what you know as what you are. And it's the truth with each one of us today. It's not so much what we know, it's what we are doing. So whether you marry this person or wait, be faithful to God where you are. Whether you stay in that job or you take the other job, be faithful to God whatever job you're working. Whether you major in business or you major in medical, It makes no difference as long as you are faithful to God in whatever major you're doing. God's will is more about who you are than what you do. Step by step following him. If you are becoming the right who, guess what? God will lead you to the right do in your life. All right. Not only... Is it about who? But it's why before what? Why before what? And here's, here's what that's about. It's about motives. Everybody say motives. How many know motives matter to God? Right? Motives matter to God. Proverbs 16, verse 2, and this is a good news translation. I love how it says it in this. It says, you may think everything you do is right, but the Lord judges your motives. Isn't that true? See, you you may think, well, I'm trying to do the right thing, but the Bible says he knows our motives. Now, there's two reasons for doing something. We can do something because we think, well, that sounds good, and then there can be the real reason. You know, for example, if you're a parent, you can have your kid come to you and say, oh, I have the best daddy in the world. How did I get the best daddy? Oh, you're so awesome. You're so strong. You're so handsome. You're so smart. I am the most blessed 
kid on the planet to have such a dad. And they're all snuggled up to you and telling you all these wonderful things. And then they crawl off your lap. And before I leave the room, can I have a new bike? One alarm goes off in your head right then. You're like, whoa, this was a setup. You know, all that stuff you were saying before doesn't even matter now. Because it now seems like there was an ulterior motive, right? And we don't like ulterior motives. And God doesn't like it either. And so the Bible talks about we need to ask God to search our hearts. To see what our hearts are saying. Look at this verse in Galatians. Galatians says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? That's a great question for all of us to ask. You know, whose approval am I after? You know, whose approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. You see, you can't get to the right place when you start with the wrong motive. It won't happen. You, you, you can't do the right what if you've got the wrong why behind it. You know, for example, you, you say, well, should I buy this car? And, and then you could say, well, yeah, because I need good transportation. But maybe the real reason is, is my neighbor just got a car, and this car's nicer than his car. And so I can't wait to pull up in my driveway riding in this. That could be the real motivation. You know, I'm going to post this picture after 29 edits, you know, <laughs> because, because I, I just know that, that, you know, it would honor Christ if I post this picture of me, when in reality, what we may be saying is, this accentuates my sexiness right here. This accentuates some of my best assets. This, this puts me in a good light, and it will draw attention to me. Hello? Pretty quiet. Right? We, we can do that. We, we can say, I want to impress people. I want people to like me. I want to validate myself. I want you to envy me. And so now I'm going to post this picture out there. I'm going to put this out there because I want people to want to be me. Wish they were me. Instead of saying, God, would this please you? Would this please you? Look at Colossians chapter 3. I love this verse. If you don't get any other verse today, get this one, okay? Here's what it says. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He says, whatever you do. Say that with me. Whatever you do. 
So whatever, that, that covers everything, doesn't it? Wherever you are, he says, serve Christ right there. So if you're a mom today and you say, you know, you just wouldn't believe my life, okay? Here is my life. You know, puke on this arm, poop on my lap, and cleaning up, you know, cereal off the floor, and I spend my whole day just cleaning up mess. That's my life. That's all, all, I, all I do. Well, let me tell you something. That may not seem super glamorous, but let me tell you something. You can do that to the glory of God. You can clean baby butt to the glory of God, all right? Matter of fact, you can have, your, your kid can have the cleanest rear end in all of Hendricks County to the glory of God. And anybody who holds your child will praise God for the fact that your child has that, all right? And so you, you can do it. You can clean up the mess. You can do all that to the glory of God. You be faithful right where you are. You say, well, you know, Craig, I, I'm just in a minimum wage job right now. I'm trying to figure out my next move and different things. You know, I'm, I'm a fry cook and, and, and all, and it's not that glamorous and whatever. Let me tell you something. You can fry fries to the glory of God. All right, you can fry the best fries of anybody in the whole area. Everybody should want to come to your restaurant where you're the fry cook when you're on the job because they eat the best fries anywhere when you're back there. You can do that to the glory of God. See, and you, you may say, well, you know, where I work, Craig, my boss is an absolute jerk. We're all in agreement. The whole staff, everybody works for him. Just think, he's a jerk. Let me tell you something. You can serve that jerk to the glory of God, all right? You can serve him, and it brings God even more glory. Think about that. It brings God more glory when that boss is difficult than it does if he was perfect. Because who couldn't serve God in that situation? But when you go to work in the most dire of circumstances, dark atmosphere and, and different things encountering you, and you bring light and you bring joy and you bring hope and you bring gladness into that place, you bring the very presence and power of the Spirit of God Himself in there, it brings glory to the name of Jesus. It does. So God's will is a who before do. And it's a why before the what. Because pleasing God is not a big decision this year and a big decision next year. Listen, pleasing God is in everyday decisions. It's in everyday decisions. It's the countless daily decisions of dying to self and living for God. I mean, I can remember one of the, one of the people who impacted me most about their 
unselfish behavior was my father. Because he never started a church, never preached a sermon, never finished high school. And there are a lot of things that he did not do. He didn't start a non-for-profit. But what he did do, he did start a business. He sold used cars. And people would come to him because he was so brutally honest. And widows would come to him because they knew he could trust him. They, they, knew, they knew they could trust him, that, that he wouldn't take them. And so many times, he, he'd hardly make anything off of a car to help somebody out. Somebody just the other day was telling me, I bought my first car off your dad. He said, I was at his car lot, and I was looking around with my uncle with me, and, and we were looking out there, and he came out and said, hey, uh, what, what are you looking for? And he said, well, I'm looking for my first car. And he says, well, how much money do you have? He says, I've got $200. Now, this was back a few years ago, all right? <laughs> and so this guy said, you know, I had $200. And he says, and you know what your dad did? Your dad went over this car, and I saw the sticker on it. It said $600, and he took it off, and he says, well, this car's $200. I don't know if my dad made anything off that car or not. But what I do know is, is he made an impact on people's lives. What I do know is, is heaven rewards us for what we do in little things here on this earth. I do know that he led us as a family to church every week. He led us to Jesus. He read the Bible in front of me. I do know that he tithed and gave offerings and was generous to our church and toward others. I do know that he prayed daily to our Heavenly Father. And so who he was impacted who I am today. And that's what happens in your life and mine. It's those little decisions. It's, it's those parenting decisions that you think, well, are they even paying attention? Oh, they are. Trust me. You know, at work, when you could cut corners and maybe nobody even noticed, but you don't. Is somebody noticing? Oh, yes. He is, at least. And probably others. You see, when I get to the end of life, and I'm laying there, and hopefully I'm laying there first. And Rochelle's sitting there next to me. We won't be talking about how many churches we planted. And we won't be talking about, uh, you know, all the things that we've done that, that you know, other people would accolade, give accolades to. We'll, we'll grin and talk about the quiet moments together. And we'll talk about the times of sacrifice that nobody else knew about. And we'll talk about the times of impact with our daughter in which uh, we had such special moments together. Those will be the things that we remember. And it's the same thing with you. 
It's not going to be the cars. It's not going to be the homes. It's not going to be the, uh, all the stuff in your life that you'll think about and want to talk about there in those final moments. What will make the difference are the small things that you've done all along the way. What do I do? What do I do? What does God want me to do? Here, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever it is that you do, do it for the glory of God. Jesus knew who he was, not just what God wanted him to do. And if you want to do something big for God, start by doing something small for him today. Today, right here. Let me wrap this up with two thoughts there in your notes. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. If you're driven by the right why, God will lead you to the right what. You see, it's more about who, and it's more about the why. When they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what's it all about? Can you, can you just kind of condense it? And he says, yeah, I can. And basically, here's what he said. Is love God and love people. And if you'll do those two things, you got it. You got it. That's it. Just love God and love people. Whatever you do in life, whatever it is, and we'll talk more specifics next week. Next week, if you're like, well, Craig, that didn't get me very specific on what I want to do with my life and what's God speaking to me. We'll talk about more detail next week, so don't miss next week. But today, here's what I want you to get. Whatever you do, whatever you do, when you walk out of here today, whatever it is that you do, do it to the glory of God. And when you do the right thing in the right attitude, God will lead you to the right what. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the fact that you do want to help us to follow you. And it's not difficult but we make it complicated because we don't prioritize in the proper perspective. And so, God, today, just help us to get the right perspective. Help us to get the right attitude. Help us to shift so that we're not so concerned about doing before being. Maybe you're here today and you've got decisions to make. Maybe there's things in your life that you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do for my future? I've got a decision to make this week or whatever it is. And, and your prayer is, God, help me to make the right choice. God, help me to, to make the right decision. But you recognize today it's more important that you're the right who before you get to the right do. And if you're willing to say, God, help me to be the right person Help me to be in the right frame of mind. Help me to bring glory and honor to you right where I'm at. 
I know God will lead you to where he wants you to go. So if that's your prayer today, I, I want to stay in step with him. I want to follow after him. I don't want to miss God's will for my life. Would you just stretch a hand up with mine all over this room? Yeah, hands are going up. Father in heaven, you know there's people here today who are in the midst of a decision. It may be about career. It may be about finances. It may be about uh, love and affection. It may be about all kinds of other relationships. It could be about a move. It could be about a lot of different things. There's so many options. But God, in the midst of all those options, help us not to get the priority shifted into the wrong place. Help us to get it shifted over to you. And that what would bring glory to your name, what would bring honor to you, and that whatever we do, we would do it to the glory of God. As we keep praying today, maybe if I could just have coffee with some of you and just ask you across the coffee table and just say, hey, how are you doing? And you were to be really honest with me, some of you would have to say, I'm not really happy. I'm not really happy with my life. I'm not happy with where my life's going. I'm not happy with where my life's headed. I'm not even happy with myself. And if you're here today and maybe, maybe you're struggling like that, the good news is it's not about you having the perfect day. It's not about you being the perfect person because you can't. But there is a perfect one who came as a sacrifice for us. And when we put our life in him, when we give him ourselves, when we take the focus, the spotlight off of us and put it onto him, somehow, some way, a fulfillment comes into our lives that I, I don't know that you can find any other place. And if you're tired of searching for fulfillment in all the wrong places, I'm asking you today to just try what God might have for your life in relationship with him. And maybe it's a coming back to God. I don't know what your situation is, but if you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want to trust God with my life. Maybe for the first time, maybe it's a coming back to God, but whatever it is. And you'd say, Craig, I want to trust my future. I want to trust my life to God today. Will you just raise your hand and say, yes, it's me. Yes, I see that hand. See that hand. That one. Back here. God bless you. How many others? All right. Several over here. God bless you. Several people have raised their hands. So let's just pray this prayer. Maybe everybody can just pray it out loud. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me as a sacrifice for my sin to help me stand holy before you. Not based upon me, but based upon you. Thank you for taking my sin and washing it away. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Please come in and help me to be all you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer.